All right, guys, welcome back to another week of Seed Phrase Daily. This week we have our guest, Miles G. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to Love be to here. have you on. And we're going to get right into it, you guys. Today is a big, huge fucking day. If you didn't know, CPI just came out, and the P stands for poverty. So CPI came out at 9.1% today. That is higher than the last time it was reported. So that was the 40-year all-time high. This is the 40-year all-time high. Your money, is, your money is losing value faster than it ever has in your entire lifetime. So let's get into it. So what does CPI mean? It's the consumer price index. We're looking at a basket of goods for the average person and its price relative to if it's gone up or down. So the data says that oil has gone up in the last year 98.5%. Gas utilities have gone up 38.4%. Food has gone up 12%. Cars, 11%. Transportation, 8%. Shelter, aka home buying, 5%. And clothing, 5%. This is devastating news for a saver because your money has lost value in its savings account. And it's devastating for Americans in general. Um, we just found this statistic that most Americans are living, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's devastating for them. 20% uh, of Americans are in credit card debt. Devastating for them as well. So let's, let's talk about what we can extract from this that is good, what to watch out for, how to be strategic in this market right now. Miles, what are your thoughts on how the market reacted this morning, obviously, to the news that we just talked about? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the market has actually reacted, you know, it's, it's been mixed, um, but the markets have ended up at this current moment uh, in the green. And the reason why we are in the green and things are actually up is because the markets have already been pricing in on a high expectation of the CPI data to be coming in at its current rate. Uh, to be usually probably above expectations. That's kind of, that was the expectation as uh, I believe it was the last several CPI um, reports have actually come above expectations. So um, it is likely with a lot of things continuing to go up, you know, inflation, that's what CPI measures. Uh, it's, it's a pretty easy guess for people to figure out that um, inflation was going to come higher than expected. And also there was a, somewhat of a leak, a rumor of a leak yesterday uh, in Wall Street that the CPI was going to be coming in higher than expected. But uh, the markets since this weekend have already been pricing that in, especially the crypto markets with more volatility. And uh, people were anticipating it to be bad, inflation to be bad, the CPI to be bad. So that's causing a sell-off. It was causing a, a sharp sell-off. You know, Ethereum, for example, moved down about 20% from uh, Saturday, from Saturday's highs and, uh, you know, to today. But uh, this morning we saw, actually last night, super early this morning, we saw cryptos rising and rising quite rapidly um, up until about 8.30 when the CPI was released. And then as soon as that happened, there was a pretty heavy flash crash and then a quick bounce up. So cryptos right now are in the green where we're seeing Bitcoin about up 1% from eight o'clock last night and then we're seeing ethereum up and up about two percent so um you know the markets are kind of like somewhat bullish in this certain stance because they already corrected so much already and uh whenever you have come down so fast and so, so strong no matter how bearish the news is going to be there's going to be somewhat of a balance a relief bounce relief rally somewhat of a a bullish reaction because the markets have already priced in today so 
since people have already sold off and the people that wanted to sell off because they were fearful of what is going to come out today have already sold. Now it just leaves people to, um, that are wanting to buy and to, to enter into this opportunity for the short term. Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense, especially after seeing like the big sell off this morning and then quickly seeing that actually getting eating up to a sense is actually pretty bullish. So I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, did, Biden did come out and say this morning, like, Right after the CPI, I don't know if you've seen that tweet. He's like, these prices are, you know, old data, right? And it is pretty accurate. But with that, obviously, it is pretty important for us to keep in mind, like, okay, just because this is last month's data doesn't mean that inflation isn't steadily growing, right? Because we haven't necessarily seen the Fed or the government in general create any solutions or at least give us any type of bullish news saying, hey, here's how we plan on controlling inflation, obviously and stabilizing the economy. So I guess my question here is miles like over the next six months, that's left of the year, right? Like, what do you think is going to be the best approach? Not even approach, right? But what do you think the sentiment's going to look like coming into obviously the crypto markets specifically and how they're going to be reacting to, you know, this continuous inflation slash recession that we're going into? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Um, in my opinion, I'm, I'm very bullish, uh, you know, from now until the end of the year, I'm super bullish. Uh, I think cryptos are going to react very bullish because um, the raising of interest rates is obviously is what killing the crypto market to a degree. It's what's causing a lot of this volatility. It's what's causing the stock market to go down. But guess what? Um, interest or inflation is going to be going lower um even without them raising interest rates just naturally over the next couple of months and then as soon as people begin to hear inflation is going down they're going to start pricing that in the market and the market's going to have a very bullish reaction to that so um that's that's my opinion and i do believe cryptos are going to become very bullish as well because we have the triple having event which for the ethereum merge is going to be taking place either between august in October, somewhere in that period, which has been recently confirmed. We'll have to see if it does actually come through. But um, that's going to have a huge, huge effect on the entire crypto ecosystem, just like the Bitcoin halving event every four years, every four years causes uh, the bull market. And, you know, so we have that coming. We have the Ethereum merge. Inflation is going to be slowing down. The Fed, with their monetary policy, they're going to be less hawkish. They're going to become more dovish and less aggressive. And that puts... Um, that takes and reduces a lot of selling pressure. It reduces a lot of fear, panic, and causes stability. When there is no stability in the market, and uh, people just there's just people are unsure, they don't know what to do. That causes these drops. That causes this volatility. And when people have a, a clear idea of what the Fed is doing, what they're not going to be doing, um, things can become more stable. But the Fed, they they said that based on inflation and how high it actually goes, we're going to have to adjust continually um how aggressive we are raising rates and so that has caused more instability in the market more uncertainty um but if the fed actually stuck to what they were planning on doing with raising basis points by only um you know 50 points and versus changing it just about a month ago to 75 basis points uh per session um, i think we would be in a, a different place but um, you know, as soon like I said, as soon as people begin to hear that inflation is going down, they're going to start pricing that in. Just like in bearish times right now, people are pricing in. They've been pricing in these high interest rates since November. That's when we started to see cryptos come down. So they've been pricing this in for many, many months. And now they're going to start pricing in the bullishness uh, of the market, the recovery of the market and everything else. 
Yeah, I think you are spot on with the six month view on this. I want to dive deeper a little bit into what you just said about the Fed. So we just came out with a 9.1% inflation rate. That is the all time high. The Fed is going to respond to that with even more hawkish inflation rate policy, right? So what is that going to do in the short term? If we have another spike in interest rates, that's going to restrict the money supply circulating in the economy. And what that does for crypto is create another dump. There's going to be another downturn for crypto. So I think people watching this, people, you know, that's that's in tune with what's going on with the economy and what's going on with crypto. They should expect um, prices to dump even further after this in relation to Fed strategy and Fed policy. I mean, it's basic economics. Um when you restrict the money supply by interesting interest rates, you create lower demand. So they're artificially decreasing demand. When demand is decreased, supply is increased, therefore prices dump. And that's, I think that's what we're going to see in the next few months with crypto, especially with Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's a very good point. There are some contrasting arguments to that. Um, some, I mean, even like what Biden said this morning, he said, you know, CPI is actually a lagging indicator. You know, all these things are lagging. So um, is inflation truly going up? You know, CPI doesn't necessarily measure like the real inflation. I do believe inflation is a lot higher than, you know, CPI is projecting. Um, but I also believe that it's going to be coming down. And we also have to consider that um, what the, the key that is actually pushing CPI to go up so high is uh, gas prices, which are going down now. So that issue right there, that facet of CPI um, is probably next month going to lower CPI, probably under expectations. And that could be a pretty big catalyst um, for the Fed. And the Fed does take into consideration um, these factors. Um, they do understand that, um, you know, the reason why CPI is going up, why inflation is going up at this current moment and why CPI is so high right now. So they're going to be taking that into consideration. And they're also going to be taking into historical data um, the previous time that they raised interest rates at uh, these levels. And when they did, when they raised interest rates, I can't remember how long ago, I think it was like early 2000s or something like that, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, but they raised basis points by 0.75 per session for a couple of sessions. And what that did is that they realized that they raised rates way too high. And so they had to lower them way low. And they realized that that was a bad move and that was ineffective. So they have learned from their mistakes in the past. And, uh, you know, maybe they're going to have to lower interest rates again here soon. So there's a couple of things that, you know, the Fed understands. And then we have, uh, you know, the Fed was, uh, I think they had a meeting about two weeks ago when they're talking with Congress or senators and everything. And, uh, you know, they were telling the Fed, like, look, raising interest rates is killing the market. It's, it's doing this and that. Um, raising interest rates is not the best tool to combat inflation at this current moment because inflation is going up because of these factors, not for previous factors that would really cause inflation. So the Fed is also aware of that as well. So I'm, I'm interested to see uh, how the crypto market, how the stock market is going to play out because obviously cryptos follow the stock market. 
Um, but the other thing is the only reason why cryptos have actually come down this far is it has nothing to do with really inflation, it has nothing to do mm. with monetary policy. The only reason why cryptos have come down this far is because of insolvency issues with uh, you know three years capital. And then you have all these other overextended, over leveraged platforms. And we recently had um, Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, the CEO of FTX, come out and says, Okay, I believe that, you know, we're kind of out of the water now as far as like insolvency and over leveraged companies, because a lot of them have been bailed out by bigger, bigger fish, even financial institutions. And because of these insolvency issues with all these other companies and over leveraged, they had to dump so much Bitcoin. They had to dump so much Ethereum. You know, I started with Luna and then other companies were exposed and things like yep. that. And honestly, where that has come from. It comes from institutional interest in cryptocurrencies. They understand where cryptos are going to be in the future and they want every piece of it they can as cheap as they can because they understand where cryptos are going to go. And if they can find a way to get cryptos to crash and to go down, they will. And they have done it and they've been successful. But it just provides a better buying opportunity for retail investors. But of course, um, the, the big whales and they're not worried about the volatility of what's going to be happening in the next couple of months. They're concerned about the next five, 10, 20 years um, when Bitcoin is likely to be over a million dollars and potentially Ethereum could be flipping uh, Bitcoin, um, you know, in the next five years. And it's a whole different, there's a whole bunch of stuff that could be happening between now and then. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually want to yeah. speak a little bit more about the contagion. So, you know, you're, hey, hold that. yeah, go ahead. Hold that. Before we dive into that, obviously, now that Miles dropped some heat, I just realized we probably forgot to make a little intro. So, Miles, real quick, just so for everybody watching, because you are new to our channel here, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ro, and how you became what you are right now in the crypto slash web space. Yeah, so uh, actually, my father is a day trader, and he's been day trading since he was pretty young. And, uh, you know, as he was a day trader growing up, um, you know, my dad would work in these offices, which is a few family members, and they'd have, like, so many computers with all these cool like computer chairs and me and my cousin can sit on them and spin around and stuff but uh we would see uh the computer screens we'd see all this the stock charts and the candlesticks and everything like that and uh you know i became fond of it at a very young age and became introduced to like uh stock options and just charting and technical analysis at a very young age so um, being around it growing up just be kind of came like natural to me as i Came older and started investing and my dad helped me to invest since i was very young so i've been excuse me around it most of my life and then um as i uh you know started progressing i started investing and uh, started making a lot of money a few years ago and um i became very passionate about stocks and investing and then i just wanted to share that passion with everyone and uh from that point um i decided i was getting a lot of information off of youtube and i saw other youtubers and uh i saw how much money they're making um with their like patreon subscriptions and stuff and i was like wow this is insane these people are making like 20 to thirty thousand dollars a month uh with just their patreon subscriptions and this and that and i was like i want to do that so um i basically did that and in a few months my channel just blew up just like a right time right place and uh here i am today so what i primarily do now is uh, i'm a crypto day trader and uh, an educator on technical analysis so i teach people how to trade cryptocurrencies and uh, i teach people um working strategies and technical analysis for people to consistently make money in the market because just investing in crypto obviously investing is a long-term uh term but uh, I'm, a, I'm a day trader 
with some like long-term mentalities, of course. And uh, I try to show people how to make money in the market with like working strategies, because without a strategy, uh, when it comes to trading, without a game plan, you're just going to you're going to lose money um, and you're not going to be consistent. But if you have a mentor, um, if you have a working strategy, you can just consistently make money um, here and there and here and there, just small pieces at a time. It adds up. It adds up. So that's what I, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful background because I think a lot of people that get into day trading get into it as like a get rich quick type of um, entry. But, you know, you've seen from your father that it takes hard work and it takes time. Um, but what I'm curious to know is what made you go from stocks to crypto? What drew you to crypto? Do you remember like a moment or a story you could tell us that brought you into the crypto space? Yeah. So what brought me into crypto is uh, my dad was paying for a, um, a service where they basically give you stock picks. And it was this guy, he was a billion dollar hedge fund manager in Wall Street. And he has like a massive team of analysts. And uh, my dad had this pres- subscription for many years. And this guy would call out plays uh, that might take a couple of years to play out. Some would be very quick, but they would make like, these are stocks and they would make like 100x, you know, crazy gains. And uh, I started following some of these picks. And even within months, I was like 10xing my money and 100xing money on some plays. And I even see some of the plays where my dad had gotten into, you know, four or five years back where he's making a 1000x on companies. Um, So that was very interesting. But then the guy started adding crypto. He started talking about crypto and uh, the halving cycle of Bitcoin. And he's like, you guys need to get into Bitcoin, the halving cycle. (laughs) I have no idea what that was. But we ended up getting into like GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, started with that. And uh, and then we started just making so much money off of it. And then we started getting into the Ethereum Trust and I started paying attention to Ethereum. I invested in Ethereum for the first time around like $400. Um, I had like exposure to it around like $200. So um, I wrote nice. that all the way up to like 5K. But um, Ethereum is my favorite crypto, if you can't tell. <laughs> but but um, that's kind of like how I got into crypto. Um, and, but to get into crypto full time, my dad, he was like, hey, I just uh, I like we should he was like, hey, we should buy like real Bitcoin and like real Ethereum, because when you're using GBTC, you are um, you're paying a premium to have mm-hmm. the exposure. And it was closed on the weekends. It was just kind of annoying. It's like because like if Bitcoin would pump on the weekend and then it would crash back down like a day later, it's like your stock is still the same price. It's just not cool. So um, my dad eventually called him and he's like, hey, I actually sold all of my stocks and got into crypto. I was like, that's insane. That's like so dangerous. Like because like, you know, I can't I come from like a conservative investing background. Like I'm not super aggressive. Um, and like you, I understand very well, like risk management and like not exposing yourself to too much risk and this and that, and only putting too much money, so much money is so much percentage of your portfolio and this and that. And, uh, he eventually got into full-time crypto and, uh, and then eventually I followed him, I think like a month later and then cryptos like really started taking off. And at that point I was definitely sold, but what year was that? This was, uh, when we got into full-time crypto, um, when Ethereum was like taking off to like $700 and, okay. um, I think that was like two years ago or something. Like 2017, maybe 2018. Yeah. Uh, this was like 2020, 2020, yeah, like 2020 years, something like that. It's 2019 okay. or something, somewhere in that range. Right before COVID, yeah, right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in that range. That's pretty much in COVID. That's kind of when we got into it. But, um, but that's kind of like how I got into it. And then of course, like not only like 
that is what has brought me into crypto. It's just like, you know, um, the reason why I, I believe in crypto is like, I want to invest in something where the government can't control it. Like where like no entity can like have a true effect on it. Cause like, if you have like, let's just say I have like all like the U S dollars in the world and I have it in like my house or I have it in some bank or I have it in some physical structure. If it's bombed, it's done, it's over with. If some country like captures the United States and you know, they can take it, it's done. Um, you know, in crypto, you know, there's an infinite, it's the most protective, protected, like secure network in the world. You know, Bitcoin is specifically, but, um, you know, yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Fiat is just basically a bunch of old dudes getting together and deciding how much your money is going to be worth for that month or that year. Uh, exactly. Crypto is much more stable in the sense that it's decentralized. There's no one entity making the decisions and it can't be regulated in the same way that the stocks can be because of its decentralization. I'm totally with you on that. So yeah. I want to I want to do a little bit of like info for our viewers because I'm sure a lot of them are thinking about getting into day trading or are already in it and they're new. What is what advice would you give to someone new in the day trading crypto space? I think before that, even like Miles, because you drew like a really good point uh, between like figuring out who you want to be first, right? Do you want to be an investor mm. or a trader? I think yeah. a lot of people coming to the space, especially to crypto, get it confused, right? They're like, okay, I bought Bitcoin today, pump tomorrow, let me sell now. Right. So like, what was it for you that made you want to be like, okay, here's how I want to trade or here's why I want to trade. And then here's my long-term outlook on what I want to invest into. So maybe we can touch more on that for a little bit and then go into obviously some key things about trading. Yeah. So, um, as far as like trading is concerned, you know, if you were, you know, if you just hold cryptocurrencies and, you know, you know, the past year of volatility, you're really, Pretty much, you're probably actually in the negative right now, especially if you've been holding cryptos for a year. Um, even some people who've been holding since like 2018, um, a lot of them even can be in the red. Uh, you know, we're really close to that threshold. So um, just holding cryptocurrency while it's unregulated, um, unstable and extremely volatile, um, at least for like, you know, within a period of a couple of years, um, might not be like the best thing because Bitcoin was just at 69K. And uh, now it's sitting at, uh, you know, 19 and a half. And between now and, you know, the next couple of months, Bitcoin can go from 19K to 100K and back down to 19, 19K. So um, the key is taking profits um, when it comes to trading. You know, you have to pay yourself. Uh, if you don't pay yourself, um, they're going to take your money, basically, in a certain sense, you know, depending on how long you plan on holding. Um, you know, it's just like I like, for instance, if you have... If you have a million dollars and sitting in just in a crypto portfolio, let's just say you have a million dollars in Bitcoin. Bitcoin goes up 10%. That's $100,000. Bitcoin in a volatile time period will go up and down 10% in a single day. Bitcoin will go up and down, you know, 15% in a single week, you know, up 15%, down 15%. So trading is like you're catching the liquidity. You're catching some of these opportunities to make free money and you can just you know, put yourself in a position that you believe it's going to grow and go up from, and then you wait till it goes up and then you, you pull your profits and uh, you just wait for that next opportunity to put yourself in a, a good position for it to go up again. So that's kind of like what trading is. And then over and over again, versus me having my million dollars in 365 days, which could potentially turn into 2 million, or it could turn into 500,000 um, with the volatility in one year, I could turn that million dollars into 2 million. 
I know I can. Um, so that's kind of like my like thesis and reason to trade. Uh, and, you know, for instance, if you don't know like when to set a stop loss or you don't know when to sell, you know, there's great opportunities in selling and, and trading the market. For instance, let's just say Bitcoin is, uh, you just bought Bitcoin at 30,000 two months ago. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is 30,000. Now you understand because the charts are telling you and giving you an indication that the price is most likely going to go lower. And if you can understand that and you can understand on a technical level, if the price of Bitcoin reaches this particular level and this particular pattern or indicator is flashing to sell, you sell and Bitcoin drops to 15,000. Now the $30,000 that you had when you were able to buy one Bitcoin, now you can buy two. And guess what? When Bitcoin goes back up to $30,000, you now have two Bitcoins um, at $30,000 and now it's worth 60K. So you just doubled your portfolio and that just happened in a couple of months. So that's kind of like the power of trading and uh, knowing when to sell, knowing when to buy, because you can not only make more money, but you can actually increase your crypto holdings. That's kind of like a focus that I have in a bear market. I'm not necessarily focused on like getting this couple thousand dollars here, getting this couple mm-hmm. thousand dollars there. You know, I've made seven thousand dollars in the past hour from just trading crypto in the past two hours. But I'm not. That's not my focus. My focus right now is to double my bag to double to increase as much Ethereum as I can. So let's just say I have 100 Ethereum right now. And I believe based on the charts that Ethereum is going to crash um, and make a move like a 10% move. If I have 100 Ethereum and I pull out, Ethereum goes down 10%. Now I can buy 110 Ethereum. And when it goes back up, I just, I have more money. And then when the bull run really starts, I have way more Ethereum so that when the prices get to back to where I was or used to have cryptos or expect cryptos to be, I'm going to have so much more money on top of the profits that I'm going to be making from the appreciation of that asset. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, day trading, like the benefits of it, of course, sound so enticing, but it's also to me so risky, especially because I know I'm not well-versed in technical analysis and I don't have a background or a support system for me to do that. I know you provide a course for that, which is wonderful. Um, and I'm wondering, what, what had, when has your technical analysis failed you? Is there a time where you, know, you thought 100% something was going to happen and it just did not? Yeah, um, that that happens all the time, and that's just mistakes. And uh, you know, technical analysis is pretty much what rules and defines and uh, you know the whole market. Everything moves off a of technical analysis. Every single every single crypto, every single stock, every single pair on forex is purely traded by a technical analysis because you have bigger figures in the market, right? And they have algorithms, they have bots, and uh, they have traders that will buy and sell at specific levels only and they're super super regimented and it's all based on technical levels so when the price hits this level um there's going to be a reaction when the price hits this level there's going to be a reaction and when then when the price um begins to form a particular pattern there's always going to be a reaction because what technical analysis is it's actually monitoring human psychology or human emotion Mm -hmm. So human emotion is always the same. It has never changed. Cultures, music, food will change. It will get better. It will get worse. But human emotion has always been the same. And so what the charts are is you see, you look in a chart, you'll see like red candlesticks, green candlesticks. And what it measures is within that specific time period, 
what buyers and sellers are doing. So you have two people in the market, you have the bulls and the bears, and there's a constant fight because you have people that are bullish and people that are bearish. And usually the ratio is kind of like close to 50, 50, um, that ratio will became, become less or, uh, you know, stronger or weaker on one side based in current, uh, markets and time periods and things like that. But, what we can see on the charts is we can see certain patterns that play out over and over and over again. And there's certain patterns that have like an 80 to 85% uh, probability of making mm. a specific outcome. So me as a trader, I'm not just trading every single second up and down. It's not how it works. I look for plays that have a high probability. So I increase my odds of winning. So in order to be a successful trader, you want to win, obviously, more than you lose. And with my strategy, I win more than I lose. So I'm going to lose a lot. I'm going to make mistakes every single day. But guess what? Those mistakes, especially when it comes to real money, they're your greatest teachers as a trader. And to become a good trader, it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime, honestly. But yes, um, trading is very risky because there is times where, um, you know, you could be wrong or you could be right. And it's like, here's the thing about trading. Let's just say like, you know, as a trader, the idea is to take profits. So let's just say cryptos pump up way up. And I'm like, okay, this logically makes sense for me to take profits. Uh, I can turn my head and cryptos can pump up another 10%. That happens all the time. And that's the type of risks that you yeah. do face because at any moment, these cryptos can crash or pump really hard. At any moment, Bitcoin can shoot to 70K in literally hours. That can happen. It's happened before, maybe not the 70K, but that type of thing happens. And if you're trading and you pull out, you expose yourself to that risk. So that's also a possibility. And then also, if you don't set a stop loss, cryptos can crash 50%, 60%. So there's certain factors, but yes, trading is risky. It's very risky. I can definitely attest to it. I've lost pretty much close to a million dollars in trading because one, I have no experience what I'm doing. Two, it's the, the idea of human psychology, right? It's like, as a beginner trader or just an investor in general, like when you go into the crypto market, you have this one idea in your head or you can be very bullish or very bearish and you only try to, I guess, double down on that emotion that you have yeah. versus actually listening to what the market is telling you. Right. You really get screwed up. Right. And I think a, a, a big thing right now in the space is we see like, like everybody's a financial advisor in a sense like you go on twitter there's a chart and one of them is telling you it's going to go up 100x the other one's going to tell you you know it's going to go down 50x so i guess my question to that miles is like how do you how can you tell what's bs and what's not when you as a trader slash investor and where you are right now in your career tell okay this is bullshit and this is not right um, as far as like when it comes to investment advice, I only listen to like expert traders, um, people like that are like Forex traders or people that are like experts in technical analysis. If they're not experts in technical analysis, if they don't understand the underlying markets like the S&P 500, if they don't understand the dollar, if they don't understand, um, you know, uh, the bond market, certain things like that, which determine everything. If they can't understand that, um, they're not going to be a good source for me um, because at that point they're just... Uh, speaking from inexperience and luck and uh, some knowledge that they do have, which may end up being good, maybe maybe true. Um, but for me, as far as like if I'm going to listen to anyone, it's going to be like an expert trader. And there's a few people out there on YouTube and stuff that I'll watch. 
But guess what? I'm not taking their advice and running with it. I'm taking their advice and analyzing it as one mm -hmm. piece of information out of a hundred pieces of information to come up with, um, you know, a, an idea. So when it comes to investing and trading, nobody's there's no 100% surety um, when it comes to making a decision. If there was, everyone would be a billionaire. Um, so when it comes to uh, technical analysis, you're playing the game of probability. It's more so than gambling. It's like, it's a true educated guess and understanding. So when I come into it, when I make a, an entry, um, I believe in a particular narrative to play out. And this particular narrative, um, I believe is going to play out because there's certain factors that can cause this narrative to play out. But guess what? If it doesn't play out, I have an exit strategy and I'm going to wait for that next opportunity and try again. So whenever there is no opportunity in the market, I don't take it. And if you do try to take a trade or an opportunity when there is no opportunity, you're probably going to lose. So um, there are certain things when it comes to me, like I'm mostly like a breakout trader. There's a couple of strategies that I use. Um, I trade breakouts and then I trade crashes. So like whenever there's like a, a heavy dip, like this morning I bought, the, I bought the crash. I was anticipating like last night, I ended up pulling out because uh, of how bearish the market was and it just kept going lower and lower. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, throughout the night, I was watching the charts that was going up and it pumped really hard this morning. Um, and I knew that my narrative was that there was going to be another move down. It ended up playing out perfectly, but it didn't play out exactly as I thought. I didn't know it was going to pump 6% and then play out. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't able to ride that play up, but guess what? It crashed and I was able to buy it and uh, make an entry. And then I got out and now I'm waiting the next play. So. I always wait for the play. And whenever there's a fast, a heavy crash, usually like a really strong crash, there's always somewhat of a bounce. Like 90% of the time, there's always a bounce. The bounce may be 1%, 2%, 3%, but there's gonna be a bounce and that's what I look for. And I also look for breakouts. So there's a particular patterns that I look out for like triangles and things like that. When you'll see like the chart, like being squeezed in this little triangle. When it gets squeezed into the triangle, there's a lot of compression. There's like the mm. buyers aren't able to get it above this point. The sellers can't get it down here. But when it breaks out of that psychological pattern, which is forming, um, there's a huge move that 90% of the time always takes place. Actually, you know, like 100% of the time uh, for me. So whenever there's that pattern forming, I wait for the breakout and I trade that. And uh, I usually win a lot of those. And I'm able to predict like big moves in the market up or down just based on like these triangles that I play out. You said something that kind of shocked me, but I'm also new to the space. So I'm going to tell you what I think and I want to hear your opinion. So if technical analysis is based on psychology, my expectation for how crypto would have performed for the last 12 hours before the CPI announcement is that there would have been a huge dump. And you're saying it actually pumped. Um, and I know that most people have been expecting CPI to be not favorable. Even if it's we're shocked at how high it is now, we knew it wasn't going to be good news today. We knew it wasn't going to be good news. Because of that, I would expect that there would be a huge dump. So why was there a pump then before? Okay, so of course, uh, human psychology is technical analysis and everything. Um, but here's the thing. <clears throat> you have big players in the space. And guess what? They want to take money from the little guy, the retail investor, and they do that very easily through manipulation. So what they want and what will normally happen is what you may probably, anyone has probably experienced this. You'll notice as soon as you believe like, 
you, it looks super bullish. It looks so perfect. As soon as you enter, it goes the opposite way. That's how the market makers and the people that move the markets, they know that. They yeah. want to build up the confidence of retail investors in specific areas to either short or to go long. They build up that confidence there and they immediately will shake it out because um, they're just playing off of uh, psychology at that point. They're playing off of greed. They're playing off of FOMO. Um, they understand they they make they take their liquidity from the weak person because the way it works is uh, the whales and the institutions, the smart money, they sell before the retail investor and the retail investor gets they only begin to sell after it starts to go down. That's kind of like um, the way the retail investor works. The retail investor, they want to buy when things are going up and they want to sell when things have crashed and gone down. So they play off of that. I can attest to that. It's so much easier to sell when you're in the red <laughs> compared to selling when you're in the green. Yes, because of psychology, a retail investor, an inexperienced trader and investor in the market, um, when they see, they only want to buy when things have pumped up 10, 20%. But as a, a trader, you know, whenever something has gone up 10%, it's extremely overextended and it's going to correct. So, and it's going to go down. So, you know, me as a trader, I know that. But what's really driving a lot of this volatility in markets is fear and panic of retail investors. <clears throat> and the whales, they'll even, they'll even cause this run up. The whales will start a run up. Like this morning, it, you know, all morning it started going up. The whales will enter into that. And guess what? Guess why was there a big dump right before that? All the whales they sold right at that moment, right before then. And then it caused panic um, from the retail investors. And guess what? They're the ones left selling at the bottom. So they sell because they already know what's going to happen. They already, they already have their analysts. They have the inside information. They sell before the retail investor. But they build up the confidence. Like they'll start to buy and they'll start to buy. And then that gains the confidence of the retail investor. Oh my gosh, guys, prices are going higher. We're getting a bounce, boom, 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 boom. And it starts to go up and then boom, they pull the rug. That's it's how a lot of market manipulation. It was just an exit pump, basically. Basically, that's how it okay. well, is. But at the same time, it's like this happens in every market, right? Because the idea of trading is you taking somebody else's money. The only way you do that is if you either buy before them or you sell before you them, have to. right? So it's like anytime you go into the market, your main purpose should be like, okay, profit I take. Because if you don't take that money, somebody else will. And that's literally like trading to its you know simplest form. And I only learned this after I lost, again, close to a million dollars trading. It's like, okay, why the fuck would I keep holding profits when I can just take that money out and then re-enter at a lower price or re-enter at a higher price and short it down, right? And once you really start to click with that, I think it, that's when you really start to understand. It's like when you go to work, right? You go and you sacrifice your time to get paid X amount of dollars. Right. Trading is kind of similar, right? And again, just investing is pretty similar as well. It's like you go into a company at an early stage, right? Let's say you clock in early to buy something that's a lot cheaper than anybody else. And as soon as more people come into the restaurant, right, or more people come into this uh, stock crypto that you're buying, that's when you would want to leave. You don't want to wait until all the traffic's in there and then you can't breathe and you, can, you can't even walk out of your job anymore, right? You want to leave now. And I feel like, again, Miles, you've, you've touched on some really good, obviously, points in terms of like how to separate yourself as a trader and obviously things to look for and just why retail investors are always getting butchered. It's because, again, they just don't understand human psychology it's not really about charts it's not about doing research i guess 
obviously those factors matter, but I think the biggest thing is just understanding human psychology and how the masses operate. And once you understand that, if the masses operate a specific way, you don't want to be in that crowd. That's when you start separating yourself to being that 1% of whatever industry or whatever thing you're doing. Right. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. So should retail investors be scared right now? Um, should they be scared? It depends on what their strategy is. It depends. Why are they investing? How long do you plan on investing? Can you, can you afford to uh, lose what you're investing? And the first thing when it comes to investing or trading, um, never, uh, invest what you can't afford to lose. Of course. So, um, you know, if, if they can answer that question, honestly, um, should they be scared? <clears throat> should they be scared? No, because Bitcoin, Ethereum, cryptos, they always recover. Um, you know, it's, it's very, every time Bitcoin crashes, no matter how bearish Bitcoin is or gets, no matter how bearish the stock market gets, it always recovers and breaks all time highs 100% of the time. And it's going to continue to do so. And uh, today, actually yesterday, within the matter of hours, um, the Pi cycle bottom indicator has actually flashed for Bitcoin. Um, and that indicator is 100% accurate in the last two bull runs in 2015 and then 2018, uh, calling out the, the macro of the cycle bottom uh, of the bear market on the exact day. Um, and that has flashed today. So, so for our uh, viewers, can you just slow that down and explain it a little bit more like simply for someone who doesn't know what that ex means? Yeah, sure, sure. So there's an indicator. Um, and uh, this indicator pops up based on two moving averages. And if you look at a chart, you'll see people, they have like these lines that are going across uh, the, the chart. And those are moving averages. And moving average is basically a calculation um, based on history. Uh, and you can change the formula to however you want, to however many days of a moving average you want, like a 200-day moving average or a 100-day moving average. And that moving average will give you an indication of where the price should be based on its um, you know, it's previous calculations and like, kind of like, <clears throat> just like the calculations of its price movement in the past hundred days or 200 days or however much you set it to. Uh, but there's a couple of moving averages based on this formula. It's called the pi cycle indicator. And whenever these moving averages cross, it actually calls out with a hundred percent accuracy from previous history, the exact bear market bottom on the day. Uh, for Bitcoin, and that has flashed only twice in Bitcoin's history, and it has flashed yesterday. So um, there is a high probability that we are near the bottom, we are at the bottom, and we may not go any lower uh, than today or the next couple of days. So um, something interesting to take note of to understand, um, would I run with it and put all my money and say, okay, this is the bottom? No, but it's interesting <laughs> to think that. Uh, there's indicators flashing that we are at the bottom or that we're near the bottom. And that's not the only indicator that's flashing that. So um, something interesting that's to right. take note of, and that does give me confidence. And uh, I, it would give others confidence, especially like new retail investors, to know that cryptocurrencies, despite the volatility, despite the crashing, despite all the FUD, always recover. One year ago, cryptos were kind of in the same exact position, literally one year ago. And uh, cryptos, Bitcoin went down to like 2800 or sorry, 28,000. And people were like, Bitcoin's going to 13K, Bitcoin's going to 2K, Bitcoin's going to zero. And guess what? Bitcoin two months later, three months later was at 69K. And uh, the same situation is happening right now. And the summer months, May, June, there's a lot of earnings and stuff happening. Um, you know, summer months are slower typically for all markets. And we're getting to 
enter into August. And it was July 21st and July 22nd last year when cryptos began to start its bull run. So the bull run starts officially when cryptos have reached their lowest point in the market cycle. So we may have reached the bottom. So we technically, we actually could be in a bull run. And you don't know you're in a bull run until obviously cryptos have already pumped up significantly and there's confirmation of that bottom. So another thing to, to take note of, but cryptocurrencies are a long-term investment. They're not a get rich quick scheme. Some people can get lucky. Uh, and get rich quick in crypto. But uh, the likeliness of that to be common for all people is not very likely. But um, in time and investing in cryptocurrency, which is one of the best investments in my, in, in my opinion to get into, um, I do believe in time, um, you will make a lot of money and you'll have quite a bit of a financial opportunity uh, in cryptocurrencies compared to other asset classes. Like just to give you an example, on the last 10 years on average, Bitcoin has appreciated about 230%. That's the last 10 years on average. And the last, the best asset class under Bitcoin is uh, the, the top 100 best performing stocks in the NASDAQ, which the last 10 years on average appreciate about 25%. So yeah. we're seeing a factor of 10 uh, with Bitcoin since its inception. So. Yeah, it's yeah. not even close. You brought up something, the key buzzword uh, in crypto right now, which is Bitcoin bottom. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on with Mt. Gox. That's what I want to talk about. Sure. Okay. So basically in August, everyone holding Bitcoin or interested in Bitcoin should watch out for what's about to happen. Um, Mt. Gox, which was an exchange, was hacked. And they've been able to recover about $3 billion worth of Bitcoin since that hack. And in August, they're going to pay back their users that were affected. So what does this mean for people like you and I in the market? It means that there potentially could be a huge Bitcoin supply dump. And that might be a bottom signal for Bitcoin. I don't know. Maybe these investors are going to hold. They won't sell. But I mean, it, it, I read somewhere that they invested $300 in Bitcoin. So they're up crazy right now. Kind of be illogical for them not to sell after all these years. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this could be a capitulation for Bitcoin or no? Uh, no, I think it's a non-event. And uh, if they do try to sell those the Bitcoin and everything like that, being of how low um, Bitcoin is in comparison of its previous value, I do believe those coins will be scooped up very quickly. But here's the thing, um, a fact based on that current event is that the people that invested, you know, $300 or however much, um, and, you know, Bitcoin at that time, you know, with their $300 investment, maybe it's worth, you know, millions or however much. Um, they're actually not going to be getting back that amount. They're going to be getting back the amount that they had in their account at the time. So mm, they're not, okay. not going to be calculating that interest um, and appreciation. So, like, if they only had $300 in their account back then, they're going to get, uh, I don't even know if they're getting, getting a full, like, rescission or refund. Um, but they're going to be getting a portion at least, uh, probably a stronger portion. Wait, so they're getting the U.S. dollar amount that they had in the account and not the actual crypto assets they bought with it? Uh, I don't know if what if it's the U.S. dollar or euro or whatever it is, but um, uh -huh. it's going to be the amount that they had in their account at the time, not the appreciated value. Huh. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I read that they had the option to sell out to USD, but they'd be getting the Bitcoin amount that they had when it was hacked. Um, from what I heard from a very liable source is uh, 
I mean, I'm just repeating what he said. Yeah, I, please. I could be totally wrong. And those cryptos are us. He's a big YouTuber. And he clarified that, that it was, they're only getting the amount that they had at the time, not the, not the Bitcoin, not the Bitcoin. Oh. Amount, the that's, that's huge information. Cause that changes, you know, the analysis on this completely. If um, that is the case, yeah. But yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like, you know, Bitcoin is 20 K and you're getting, you know, however much money you had, Bitcoin's about to go up in a bull run is not the time to sell. So, um, I, I would, so you're, you're of the position that Bitcoin's that. about to go up. Uh, well, position that Bitcoin is going right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that answer. I want to shift a little bit from like the whole trading and uh, Bitcoin thing. So I'm not sure if you know, Miles, but Parisa over here has been turning into more of a BTC maxi than anything else in the crypto world. Nice. I'm trying to position myself as an ETH maxi. I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but I'm, I'm getting close. So obviously, I know you're kind of uh, an ETH max. Well, not kind of. I think you are. So, what are your thoughts, bro? Like, obviously, going into August, all the good news that's uh, going on with ETH. Like, what do you think of the the flipping? First of all, will it ever happen? And yeah, just just give us some insight here on what what your thoughts on with ETH and obviously why it's so bullish on it. Yeah, I'm super bullish on ETH um, because it is a better traded crypto than Bitcoin. Um, on a technical level, it's actually the levels are respected a lot more than Bitcoin. Um, so I, I do I do like ETH because I'm a trader and I only trade one thing. Um, there is a time where I'll only trade Bitcoin, only hold Bitcoin. Um, but uh, that time is not right now. And I only switched because of the insolvency issue where they were dumping all that staked ETH and that was causing ETH to underperform Bitcoin in the market. Um, big Ethereum is an altcoin in a certain sense, and uh, it has a smaller market cap than Bitcoin. Um, it's conservative in the crypto space as far as a trader, and it outperforms Bitcoin um, usually 100% of the time year over year. So like I'll trade and invest in ETH just because it's a little bit more spicier. Um, it's just as far as like trading, and it just outperforms it. Um, that's that's why uh, I do believe in Bitcoin. I do love Bitcoin. I'm not a maximalist with any crypto. Um, I just trade like what's the best crypto. But I do believe Ethereum will appreciate a lot more than Bitcoin, obviously, with the lower market cap and the stronger use case. You know, Bitcoin is completely different. Bitcoin is digital gold versus like Ethereum is oil. There's two different things. It's like having like peanut butter and then like a Ferrari. It's like two different things, totally different things. Uh, Bitcoin is meant to be a store of value that appreciates in time. Ethereum is not only meant to be a store of value, but it's meant to be, you know, a, a network of, of many things and um, it's totally different. So uh, I do believe in both of them. I love both of them. And if I could only pick two cryptos, it'd obviously be Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's it. Um, if not I Shiba? No. no. If, if I could only pick one crypto, it would be Ethereum, though, for sure. If I were to bet on it, um, it's a little bit riskier, but I, I do believe that in the next 10 years, Ethereum will probably be, um, you know, a better, a better. It would be a better investment decision than than Bitcoin, based on its use cases. And now we have, you know, the the merge happening. So the merge, you know, right now Ethereum is a proof of work protocol. So uh, what that means is that Ethereum is mined with computers and graphics cards and uh the miners are are the ones validating all the transactions and the blocks and everything and uh, these miners you know they make money by selling the the rewards which is ethereum so they have to sell ethereum 
So the miners are being cut out 100% in the next couple of months or however long it takes. And the miners right now are currently selling between 20 to $30 million every single day in Ethereum. And that's just one single day. So it's reducing that selling pressure, which is substantial. And with the reduction of that selling pressure, uh, it's going to make Ethereum much easier to appreciate in value. And in addition to that, Ethereum, of course, with their the EIP-1559, uh, I can't remember when that when that happened. It was a few months back, or I guess it was like a year ago, time of lives. But when that happened, uh, EIP-1559, it was an update to Ethereum's protocol or the network or whatever. And basically what it allows is that based on certain transactions and confirmations in the block, I'm not an expert in blockchain, by the way, but uh, it, it burns Ethereum. So there's so much Ethereum has already been burned because of NFTs and all these other things. So Ethereum in that sense is... Uh, is deflationary and potentially hyperdeflationary with uh, the reduction of selling pressure from miners. And uh, Ethereum is going to be faster, it's going to be cheaper. And there's been a lot of things that have prevented people from jumping onto Ethereum. And then, of course, you have environmental concerns, which um, I don't really care about. I really have no say uh, as far as like mining, because it's just really not as insignificant. But there is like a lot of people that are, you know, really big into the. Uh, the environmental concern space uh, and politicians and you know they try to attack bitcoin and stuff like that which is just uncalled for um and they are the bitcoin mining council has already proved that they're so much more eco-friendly and more eco-efficient but um ethereum's not going to have that issue period so that might make you know a plethora a group of people a big group um jump onto ethereum compared to bitcoin and maybe that could make ethereum a better use case or more wanted to invest into that just for like environmental reasons that could be a push not that it really has a true fundamental value um and uh could ethereum flip bitcoin by market cap um it could especially with this update and the future updates um especially being inflation or deflationary and uh and you know growing in value faster than bitcoin it could happen it could happen especially if it solidifies itself um as the true king in space when it comes to web yeah. three and everything else so i'm bullish ETH bullish bitcoin bullish environmentally bullish as well <laughs> i think anybody who says, i think anybody who says crypto is bad for the environment doesn't know all, how bad our financial institutions operate <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally there's actually like a fun fact. I think there's actually like a hamster. His name is like Mount Gox or Mr. Gox or something. And he actually is like, you can like look him up. I think it's like Mr. Gox. He's like one of the best like traders. Um, he's actually like a, a hamster that like will go into like a actually like outperform like the best traders. And <laughs> you guys should look him up. Okay, I just searched this up. Mr. Gox, the crypto trading hamster being human <laughs> investors. Okay. Well, welcome to 2020. And there's a live stream of this thing. <laughs> Apparently, he's got all his money on Tron right now. <laughs> That's funny as hell. Uh, shit. Well, awesome. this was a great episode. Miles, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing some of your uh, insight. We'll be uh, dropping your info below. Obviously, make sure you guys check out his channel. 
Miles G Investments on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, doing more of these here as the bull run continues, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, make sure you guys drop a like, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much.